Oliphant. Yes. Mr. Collins. Yes. Ms. Van Nyan. Abstention. Dr. Fry. Yes. Mr. Zuberi. That's what yes. it sounded like in Ottawa Tuesday at the House of no. Commons Foreign Affairs Committee, where the MPs voted to approve a motion brought by the NDP to hold hearings into Canada's position on Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza, and to figure out what more Canada can do to foster peace, protect civilians, combat terrorism, and uphold respect for human rights. So when you hear the wording of the motion, it sounds pretty neutral enough, right? But there's quite the backstory about how this motion got adopted with these final words, and not the original ones, which were only about Israel and Palestine, In fact, the original motion came from an NDP MP who has a long history of criticizing Israel. All but one of the governing liberals on the committee voted for it, together with the NDP and the Bloc Québécois. The Conservatives opposed it. One liberal MP, Rachel Bendayan of the Montreal Riding of Outremont, abstained. And while more left-wing Jewish groups, including J-Space Canada, support the hearings, Some MPs and Jewish political action groups are worried the hearings will turn into a biased and prejudiced one-sided attack on Israel that will also hurt Canada's Jewish community, and that this could signal a big change in Canada's long-standing policies of support for Israel. She would like to see the study platform. Those who will use the opportunity to denigrate and delegitimize, uh, essentially to trash Israel, and to further entrench the skewed perceptions of uh, uh, what the situation is, who has agency, who has responsibility. And we've seen, we've seen this movie before. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, May 18th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. So I'm back from Ottawa, where I was moderating panel at the conference put on by the Israeli embassy with the Canadian Jewish leadership. And this story broke while I was there. The Foreign Affairs Committee will be doing something that Canada has not done in a very long time, maybe decades. Nobody actually can remember when this was, which is review Canada's position on Israel and the Palestinian crisis. So here's how it all came to happen. In late April, the NDP's foreign affairs critic, MP Heather McPherson of Edmonton, issued a statement calling for a study of Canada's policies on Israel and Palestine. And her statement was very critical of the new Israeli government and some of its ministers who said there's no such thing as Palestinians. And she expressed horror at what she called the, quote, terrifying, disturbing and brutal violence, unquote, at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. And she blamed Israel for attacking worshippers there during Ramadan. She also lamented the rising tide of violence that has killed both Palestinians and Israelis this year. Then she called on Canada to boycott products made in Jewish settlements in the West Bank and asked Canada to stop selling arms to Israel, among other things. She introduced her motion to the Foreign Affairs Committee last week. She strategically picked Thursday, May 11th to do this because it was the one-year anniversary of the death of that Palestinian-American journalist for Al Jazeera who was shot by Israeli troops as she was reporting on the conflict. This week, McPherson's motion was back on the table, but much changed. The final wording makes the mandate a lot broader and examines other factors in the conflict too, like terrorism and Iran. Now, McPherson wasn't very happy about the amendments, and here's what she told the committee. 
obviously I have some concerns with the use of the words West Bank and Gaza instead of Palestine or um, occupied Palestinian territory. I, I think it's clear the United Nations uses the term occupied Palestinian territory. Um, you know, many Palestinians have told me uh, that they've expressed that there is um, a feeling amongst the Palestinian community that this government is trying to erase their reality and erase the reality of the Palestinian people. Um, I think that it's important that we use accurate language and that the Palestinian people or the occupied Palestinian territory be used instead. That said, uh, I think this is a vitally important study. I think we will be bringing forward witnesses that will speak about uh, the reality of, of, of people both in uh, Israel and Palestine. Uh, I think the fact that this Foreign Affairs Committee has not studied this for many, many years, if not decades, that Canada does have an important role uh, to play. I think the the attacks on Israeli and Palestinian civilians, particularly on, on um, children, is so appalling that as a Foreign Affairs Committee, we have an obligation to, to look at this. So while I am concerned by that, by that amendment, um, I think it is more important for us to get the study and get the witnesses to this committee to talk about um, what Canada can do to, to ensure peace in the region. Now, I checked with McPherson's office later, and she meant the Trudeau government is trying to erase the Palestinians' reality. Yara Sachs isn't on the committee, but the Liberal MP for York Centre admits she did some behind-the-scenes politicking to get a better outcome. We felt that if this was tabled on the floor and that it was clear that the votes were not going to go to shut it down, that it was incumbent on us as the Liberal government to ensure that it would be a balanced, concise and correct study to truly reflect all who live in the region, not only Palestinians. And, the, you know, there is no question there's great debate about Palestinian human rights, and that is a, a strong concern by many Canadians from coast to coast to coast. But equally important is to understand the, the position of Israelis who live under constant fire and threat in terms of their safety and security as a result of terrorism and the conflict as well. Uh, what about Iran and other regional players too? We made sure, and it was important to me, that uh, the language of the motion discussed combating terrorism, which leaves it open for a broader discussion of who funds terrorism. As we know, Iran funds terrorism, who supports Hamas and Islamic Jihad, who are listed on our terrorist lists. So there is some open-endedness there for scope. Um, there are four meetings that are suggested in the study. Um, and I'm sure it will be a fulsome discussion. Um, it was a priority for me to make sure that it is a balanced discussion, um, one that really reflects the region and not necessarily what we see on Twitter or social media. Why couldn't the government shut it down? I'm not a member of the committee, so I really can't speak to the business of committee um, and how it commands itself and the members who are there. I know that there was a lot of collaborative work that was done to ensure that if this motion went forward, that it was really reflective of the strong liberal position uh, and foreign policy in the region, which is extremely supportive of Israel and a two-state solution. Okay. And so going forward, does this committee recommendations then for Canadians who don't really have a degree in political science? How important is what they say compared to what then government policy will be going forward? Um, the recommendations certainly, certainly um, for many studies are tabled in the House and then can spark debate. Uh, recommendations can be made. The government can choose to accept them or not accept them. Okay. One last thing. You've been very active in getting peace-building money um, in the region, especially after the 2021 uh, Israel-Hamas conflict. So 
uh, of the work they're going to do, how did you make sure that that was part of their discussions and who would you want them to talk to? So in the amendments to the motion, um, there had been a focus only on human rights organizations. I insisted that it include peace-building organizations and civil society organizations. I also pushed very hard for it to include civilians and the impact on civilians, Israel, not just Palestinians, but Israelis. Um, this will be a unique opportunity, I think, if the study goes forward to bring the many organizations that we supported through the $25 million that we put forward in 2021, including Sierra Shalom, Apple Seeds, and Echo Peace, and many other organizations that are doing tremendous work in the region for coexistence and peace building, which is a cornerstone of our foreign policy. UJA's Walk with Israel is happening this Victoria Day, Monday, May 22nd. Join thousands of community members for the world's largest Israel Solidarity Walk, followed by an epic Israeli-themed beach party to celebrate Israel's 75th birthday. Get all the details by visiting walkwithisrael.com. This is our moment to unite as one strong and proud Jewish community, religious and secular, left and right, Jews and allies. Everyone belongs at the Walk with Israel. Register before May 19th, and if you use the promo code CJN, you can save 10% on all Walk Bundle packages. To register, visit walkwithisrael.com. For their part, the federal conservatives think the whole thing is a bad idea. Deputy Leader Melissa Lanceman says it's a wake-up call that the Trudeau government talks one way but does something else when it comes to Israel behind the scenes. When a member of... Uh, the NDP, supported by the government in this case, brings forward a motion that platforms extremism, that makes an egregious statement allocating blame to one side of a very complicated uh, uh, conflict. We know that the Jewish community has friends in the open, and when it's behind closed doors or when it's in venues where they don't think it matters, they are not the friends of the Jewish community. This is a very dangerous study. We voted against it the first time that it came to committee. We voted against it again, and we will continue to vote against having it. What, do the, what are the dangers of, of doing this? Is this going to change the foreign policy? I mean, this is a committee. They could just, like, talk and the government does what it wants, right? We have a responsibility in, in, in Parliament to study issues, not platform extremists, not come to conclusions before studies are even put forward. And what this does is that it pits two communities together by a member of parliament who knows exactly what she's doing, supported by a government who doesn't know better. They supported it, the liberals supported it, the bloc supported it, and the only ones that take this responsibility seriously to make sure that that the Jewish community in this country that a pro-Israel community in this country, that even those who want to study this issue in a meaningful way, including the Abraham Accords, including the role of the egregious mullahs of Iran that the government refuses to list as terrorists, even that wasn't in the motion. So we would never support a one-sided study that presupposes a conclusion, and it's not an actual study. They know what they're doing, and they have the support of the government of Canada, and that's shameful. For their part, the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs, Sija, is disappointed the Liberal government supported the motion. Here's Shimon Koffler-Fogel, the president and CEO. Ellen, our, our concerns are actually multiple. Uh, in, in the first instance, this motion is fruit of the poison tree. 
Uh, Heather McPherson has an established, explicit, uh, and intentional record of where she stands on, on the issues. Um, they are not balanced. Uh, they don't reflect uh, an appreciation for the complexity of the situation on the ground. Um, she seeks to advance a particular narrative uh, that we think is not only unhelpful, but also inaccurate. Uh, so the effort will be made to load up uh, witnesses uh, that who are, who are going to uh, echo and um, reaffirm a particular narrative, uh, one that doesn't reflect a Canadian understanding of the situation on the ground, where Canada can contribute, uh, and what the sources of obstacles uh, to peace are. It also doesn't factor into the equation positive developments, most noteworthy, the Abraham Accords, which have profoundly broken the cycle of conflict between Israel and Arab states in a way that is just spectacular and stunning uh, for the growth in the relationship and the value that has attached to all of the stakeholders in that. So one would think that Canada would also want to give some consideration in any study undertaken uh, to uh, the art of the possible using the Abraham Accords uh, as a model and asking itself the question, how can Canada parlay that achievement, strengthen it um, and, and reinforce it uh, with its own activity and interventions in the region. Now, we have multiple commitments on the part of uh, the Liberal Party um, from Prime Minister Trudeau on uh, that there will be no space between the Liberal Party position on these issues than that of the government that preceded them. Uh, so far, in the main, uh, the Liberal government has absolutely uh, adhered to that kind of commitment. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll take the opportunity to, to acknowledge uh, some um, um, really positive uh, developments, decisions uh, that the government has taken that um, uh, really echo that kind of commitment. Uh, but if this is one of the signals, Ellen, that um, Canada is now contemplating some recalibrated approach to the Middle East, uh, to um, Canada-Israel bilateral relations, uh, then that would give us a serious pause for concern. The hearings haven't been scheduled yet, but sources say they could be sometime this fall. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Karen Estrin in Ottawa. And we'll end with a reminder that we will be at the Walk with Israel on Monday, May 22nd in Toronto. Come and find us at our booth. We'll have a booth at the Profsman JCC campus in Toronto at the after party. Take a selfie, get some swag, and meet your favorite CJN personalities. We'll be there from 11 to 3. Have a great long weekend, and we'll be back on air on Tuesday. 